Hello. Hey guys. Welcome back to Crime Story Times. I'm Lauren. And I'm Haley. And today Lauren will be telling us about the disappearance of Kristen Smart. And I know she's been listening to like 20 episode podcasts about this. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to start out, I think I posted this on my personal Instagram. And most people that listen to our podcast are like personal friends or family of ours. So yeah. you probably saw that um, I was listening to a podcast called um, Your Own Backyard, and it is literally so good. You guys have to listen to it, because I'm just gonna go... But listen to our podcast first. Yeah, I'm gonna go into, like, more of a, um, like, outline and, um, what happened. Like, it's, it's not gonna go as in-depth. This, like, this other podcast is literally, like, 20 hours worth of episodes. It's so in-depth. It's really good. So I highly recommend. Also, it, um, I'll talk about it later, but it puts so much, like, so many people's, like, eyes back on the case that it later gets, like, there's some sort of resolution. So, yeah. Um, okay, so Kristen Smart, um, she was born February 20th, 1977, and she was born to Stan and Denise Smart. She's the oldest um, child of three. She has a sister and a brother. And she graduated high school in 1995. And then that summer, she, like, went and did a... Like, she was a camp counselor in Hawaii. Ooh, what the heck? That sounds yeah. so fun. But she grew up in um, Stockton, California. Okay. So this is a really, like... I guess it's not local for us right now, because now we live in Utah, but Stockton is not very far from our hometown. So, um, this is just crazy. So, she, um, after, like, this, the summer, she was a camp counselor, she made so many good friends, she was planning on doing it again, um, the next summer, summer, even though she's gonna, like, be now in college. Yeah, Probably good money. Yeah. And it's Hawaii. Yeah. I actually don't know if that would be good money, because Hawaii's kind of expensive to live. Well, it was just, like, a fun adventure. Yeah. And, um, she was, like, kind of, like, she just looked very, like, she fit in. She, okay. like, had blonde hair. She's, like, Well, she California. fit in with the white people there. Not yeah. the... No, no, no. But, like, very not beachy. The, yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, she looks like she's a surfer girl. Yeah. Um, she was a tall, tall queen. She was, like, six one. Okay. Um, which I relate. I'm 6'2", so I was like, oh my goodness, I love this. Yes. But at the same time, I'm, like, scared, because at the, like, I, I'm, I'm always scared, because of researching cases, I'm scared I'm gonna get, like, taken or something, but... You're like, oh, I'm too tall, they're not gonna take me. I'm like, I'm too tall, no one's gonna, like, try to take me away, but then things like this happen, I'm like, oh my goodness, maybe it's possible. I mean, it's possible, but I... I, you're not gonna get taken, don't worry, Lauren. So, um, Kristen Smart, um, she disappeared May 25th, 1996, at age 19. So, um, she, the, so it was like, she went missing the 25th, but I guess the story starts on the 24th. So, um, that night, it was a Friday night, um, her roommate was out of, like, out for the weekend, um, but then her best friend, like, from school, Margarita, 
it lives like across the hall or next door or something. Wait, what was her name? Uh, Margarita. Margarita. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One of my managers when I worked at Michael's, her name was um, Margarita, and we we would joke, we would call her that sometimes. But she went by. Oh, does she go by? Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this. I don't think she does. What did we call her? Oh, Linda. She went by Linda. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, so. Kristen really wanted to go to a party because it was Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And she was like, we have to go to some sort of party. She was ready to just live it up, live her best life at mm-hmm. college. And she wanted that college experience. Margarita was studying for um, biology, like, exams or something. Yeah, girlfriend was not about to go party. Yeah, and she's like, no, Kristen, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not leaving, I we, don't want to go. We love, we love, a, we love uh, studying queen. Yeah. But Kristen finally, like, she convinced Margarita to go out, and they go to this party. So there's several different, like, stops along the night. The first party... Wait, where did they go to school? They... Oh, that's, like, a big part. They went to Cal Poly. Okay. And, so they're smart. Yeah. Like, really smart. So Kristen's, like, uh, her major was going to be architecture, but then she changed it to communications. Where is Cal Poly? Um, it's in San Luis Obispo. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I just can't remember. So San Luis. So, um, yeah, I can't believe I didn't mention it that yet. But um It's fine, that's why I have me to yes, ask thank you. questions. Yeah, so they're at um Cal Poly. But they went to a party that like they were wandering around trying to find like parties. They found one, they went in, it was literally like so boring t- to them. Like it was like people like playing video games or something, and then they were just sitting on the couch, and they, like, drank one beer. They're like, this is so lame. So then they left. <laughs> one then, time I went to party in college, and um, all we did was play a card game, and I was like, this is, love this. <laughs> You're like, this is not the college experience I was hoping for. I mean, I didn't expect to get a different... You're not going to a rave or anything. No, I didn't expect... I've been to one of those scariest thing I've ever... <laughs> they had scary, like, paint fights or whatever, and it was... Just, like, bodies on top of bodies, and it wasn't stressful. So, like, your hair would get pulled, and if you drop something on the floor, you're, you've never seen it ever again. Yeah. I've been to those things. That's scary. Well, this was, like... So, Kristen lives on campus. She, like, when she first got into Cal Poly, she lived off campus, but by the time this happens, she... Um, had just moved into, like, a dorm. That's kind of interesting to, like, move... Like, people usually move off campus after well, their... she wanted... She was, like, a freshman. She's yeah. 19. She wanted the college experience and also, like... I don't know. She's young. She... I don't think she was, like, quite ready. And I don't think she had, like, transportation to, like, get her... If it... I don't know where she was living exactly off campus, but... Sometimes I can be far to, like, walk to class or something, so... I walked 17 minutes every day to class <laughs> for my off-campus housing. Yeah. But, um... So, she... They were wandering around again. Um, after they left this party, they're, like... They end up in a, some guy's truck looking Ooh. for parties. I, okay, I don't want to say, like, I've done that before, but... Literally, you do that in college. You do, like, crazy. You get yeah. into random people's cars in college. Yeah. It's that's, sketchy. That's what they were doing. But, like, you're, like, they're other college students, usually, so it's not, like, some, like, stranger, like, who doesn't go to school there, usually. Yeah. But, no, 
it happens, especially if you're playing, like, different games. Like, you're playing, like, night games outside where people you have to get in people's cars. I've done that before. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've also gotten in the back of people's trucks um, because I was walking from, like, the grocery store or something. That's, That's just what you do. It's crazy. Don't do it, kids. No, they... So they were in this truck. They end up, like, wandering around. I think they end up... Like, they get up... They get dropped off. And Marguerite is like, I'm not looking for another party. Yeah, Kristen's she's like, like, I need to study. Yeah, Kristen's like, no, like, please, come on, like, we have to find something, like, I think there might be something over here, like, this and that. And they're going off campus now, too. Um, and so then Marguerite is like, you know what, here, take my room key. So, oh, it was like the key back into the dorms because Kristen, either she lost hers or it wasn't working, like, to get back into the building, and they had, like, a curfew. How was Margarita going to get back without her key, though? Um, because they kept it unlocked until, like, the certain curfew, and then they had to use a key to get it. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, she had just made it just in time, and then, um... Sorry, the sun is in my eyes, so I'm trying to find a... But then Kristen is like, fine, I'll see you later. And so they part ways. I would be... I would be scared to be by myself. Yeah, well... I don't know. If I was either one, I would be like, you know, you're coming with me, or... Kristen was ready to party, and Margarita just wanted to get back to study and go to bed, be like, you know. She, she, like, talks about how much she regrets her decision, because she's like, I was a Girl Scout, we did buddy system, like, I should have known, and it's so sad. That is sad. But she goes back to the dorm, and then Kristen goes off to find another party, something better. So, Kristen ends up finding a party, and she's going by herself now, um, and she is at an off-campus party, um, and it's on Crandall Way, and they just call it the Crandall House, and it's, like, this birthday party like a fraternity birthday party oh my gosh frat boys no yeah. thank you and so it's for this guy um named swampy swampy that's like his nickname his his, his uh what the heck is frat nickname yeah his real name is like ryan ryan but but his his nickname is swampy so it's his birthday party Kristen did not know like anyone here but she walks in, um, and everyone who's ever talked about Kristen remembers what she was wearing because she made a lasting impression. Like, she's gorgeous. She's really tall. Mm-hmm. She's wearing these, like, um, Roxy board shorts. Oh my goodness, I love Roxy. She was wearing, um, like a crop top and then red pumas. Yeah, because it was the 90s. Yeah. And what I wore as a child. She, like, Kristen's, like, kind of funny. She will introduce herself to people, like, by random names. So there were, like, that night she was introducing herself to people as Roxy. Roxy? Love that. She had a childhood best friend named Roxy, but it could have also been, like, it could have been, like, after her or it could have been after her shorts, like people don't know. Maybe she loves Chicago. Yeah. Um, so she ends up, she, like, she gets to this party. She's having fun. Um, she pulls this guy named Trevor Bolter into a bathroom. Like, first she, like, walks up to him. She 
just kisses him. Oh, just like, okay, girl. She wastes no time. She pulls him into the bathroom, and then she does a complete 180. Nothing happens. She's like, am I pretty? And she's, like, doing her hair and her makeup, like, in the bathroom. She's like, am I pretty? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, who should I hook up with here at this party? What? Yeah. And so Trevor, looking back, he thinks that she was trying to make another guy jealous. So that's why she, like, kissed him and oh, pulled okay. him into was the like, bathroom. Am I being used? Yeah. Am I an object? He, he was like... Trevor. He was like... Um, Trevor's not sketch, right? I can... No. Okay. No. Trevor's like, uh, excuse me? Trevor's actually one of the only people, um, from that, like, fraternity party to talk about what has happened, um, because, I don't know, like, there's a lot of instances, like, fraternity hazing, different things like that, people don't talk because well i'm sure a bunch of them are super drunk too well because they don't want like their like their fraternities to get like exposed yeah, or whatever or, like, suspended or like canceled i don't even know i don't know how that whole thing works yeah i don't either that's not my scene so a lot of those people never talk or they're like oh yeah i was drunk even though they probably remember a lot more than like blacking out for the entire night you know mm-hmm so um, Trevor exits the bathroom, like, like, Kristen's like, okay, please get out now, I want to use the bathroom, and he's like, what, you pulled me into here, like, he's like okay, what? so he leaves, he exits the bathroom, and this guy is like, I just want to know what you were doing with, with her in the bathroom, oh my gosh. and he's like, oh my goodness, this is her boyfriend, I'm gonna get in so much trouble, he's like, get punched he or something. was terrified. And Sorry, then, I'm moving the microphone, guys. If you hear weird noises, it's... Okay. And she was like... Or, not she. Um, Trevor's like, nothing. Nothing happened. Like, don't worry. And this guy just starts laughing. And he's like, oh. Like, th- this guy did not know... Did not... Um, was not her boyfriend. And Trevor realized that. And... Um, so the party goes on. I think Trevor and, like, some other people, like, they interact with her throughout the night. Um, but then at 2 a.m., and, like, Trevor also, he noticed, uh, he, like, like, he obviously, he calls her Kristen, but, like, he knew her as Roxy that night. But, um, Kristen, like, seemed very intoxicated, but he never saw her drinking, so he was kind of confused. Like, she was under the influence of something. Yeah. And so then at 2 a.m., um, Tim Davis and Cheryl Anderson, they are outside the party. They're about to leave, and Cheryl didn't want to walk home alone, so Tim was going to walk her back. And then they see Kristen laying on, like, the driveway or, like, the front lawn of the house, like, like, kind of passed out, like, or out of it a little bit. And so they help her up. They're like, we'll help you get home. So all three of them start walking. And then a few minutes later, Paul Flores um, comes over and he joins them. So now it's a group of four, two guys, two girls. And um, and then Paul and Tim were like helping hold her up. And they are walking and they get to like this street and Tim's car is parked in like a parking lot down the street and so he's like uh like do you want me to keep walking with you guys my car is parked here they're like oh it's fine 
like you got you go get your car we'll just keep walking it's now just a group of three but it's it's fine so then they keep walking paul tells because kristen's like not talking she's and if she is it's like all slurred and yeah so um paul tells cheryl like okay i got her from here like you can go too and cheryl's like no, like, I don't want to walk alone. I'm scared. And so then she, so they stay together. And then finally they get to her, um, Cheryl's apartment or dorm, wherever. And so she breaks off. Now it's just Paul and Kristen. And then they walk just a little bit longer. And then it's going to be Paul's apartment. And then the last one would be Kristen's. So, so Paul is like, um, he breaks off. And goes to his own He doesn't lock her back to dorm. Her. Yeah, and he lets her walk back to her own dorm. Okay? Alone. At least that's what the story is told. But I don't think that's what happened. So, um, let's talk about the only suspect that is, like, well, okay. In the early stages, I guess they had multiple the only suspect for the 26 years that she's been missing was Paul Flores. Yeah. Because he's the last person to see her. So, um, I guess we'll come back to that for a second. Um, so, Kristen isn't reported missing until Monday, the May 28th, and she went missing on the 25th. So, that's quite a long time for no one to know where she is, and, like, the, her parents did not, didn't know where she was, and she had, a, like, a pattern of calling home on Sundays, every, yeah. like, every Sunday, she, and she had news to tell them. She had called them, like, I think, like, the day she went, like, the day before she went missing, like, I have big news, I'm so excited, I'll call you on Sunday. So... And no one found out what the news was. Her parents are thinking that it was about a grade. But we never found out. So, um, before this missing person's report was filed, on Monday, um, Paul... So, okay. Paul was, like... He was already arrested before for, like, a DUI, and so then he was on probation. Was that why he's walking? Because he can't drive? Yes. Got his license taken away? Yeah. But then he, like, was driving... He was caught driving with a suspended license, and... Did that thing fucking revoke? Yeah. And so then the police, like, had... And he didn't show up to court. Um, so then on... Monday, there was, like, a warrant for his Wait, arrest. Wait, was he going to San Luis? Was he going to Cal Poly? Yes, he was. But how can you go to Cal Poly if you have, like... I feel like if you get in trouble, like, they kick you out of school. I have no idea. I don't know what the rules are, though. Um, so, the May 27th, this is the day before she was reported missing. Um, he's, like, his... Ruben Flores, Paul's father, brings him to the police... And Paul has his black eye. And, like... Wait, why does his dad bring him to the police? Uh, because the police, like, go to his house. He's not there. And so then his father's like, I'll bring him down to the station. Don't worry. You you guys... He's like, arrest him. Yeah. So... Get him, boys! 
So then the police take a mugshot, and this is like the only evidence. Um, like, good thing they took a mugshot because there's a, Paul Flores has a black eye, and um, when they ask him how he got it, he says that he got it playing basketball, like that day. On Monday. Yeah. Okay. But then. Wait, what time of day is it? Do you know? I don't know, but I think... Because I'm like... It, okay. If they went to his house, like, even if they went to his house in the morning and he wasn't there, maybe he was at basketball, and then, like, if his father brought him back, I don't know. I feel like it could have been afternoon that he was brought in. I'm just trying to figure out, like, how fast it could turn into a black eye. I know. Is it really dark in the picture? Um, well, let me... S well, n not really. Like, you can tell that it's there, but it's not, like... Not black. Like, because well, he got it on like Friday or whatever it's, he got it on. It's like, it's like looks like a bag under his eye, just like a really dark. You know. Well, it could either he either could have just gotten it or just got, was old because he fought with Kristen on was it Friday that they went. Um, I guess it would have been like Saturday early morning. Okay, well, yeah. Friday. When when it's like at the in the two a.m.s, it's still Friday in my brain. My brain, not Saturday. So um. So this mugshot. So they asked him how he got it. It was the basketball game, and later on, like they have no reason to think anything of it because Kristen hasn't even been reported missing. Yeah. Yet. Um, but Ooh, later yeah. on, he talks to um the police talk to Paul's friend. And that he, like, played basketball with. And his friend is like, um, Paul had that black eye when I saw him. And I saw him on Sunday. Dang. Yeah. He's like... But and and he, his friend... Um, so then they ask him again, like, how'd you get it? And, or I guess the friend told the police, like, he got it. Like, he just woke up with it. That's That was his story. But then when the police asked him again, then he said that he was working on his car and he... It was like leaning over the like the steering wheel, and then he like smacked his head against the steering wheel or something, okay. which makes no sense. So, um, Kristen is reported missing May twenty eighth, and her parents are freaked out. Like within, like just like no within finding about out about the her being missing. Um, her dad, like, goes down to San Luis Obispo and, like, is searching for her yeah. and, like, looking. It's so sad because he's looking in alleyways. He's looking in dumpsters. He's looking in, like, he's knocking on people's doors. Like, everything you can imagine. Um, but 16 days after the, like, what's it called? The, like, the disappearance. I'm like, um, what's it, what is it? So, 16 days after, the police are finally, like, okay, let's, um, let's go bring dogs over to the dorms. And they search through like all the, the dorms. dorms. Um, yeah. So, they go, they go through, like, everything. They, first they go to, like, Kristen's, um, dorm, and they see that she left her, um, all of her, like, homework that needs to be turned in. She left her wallet. She left her keys. They, she left everything. Which, if you're running away, you need to bring those things. And they, for a long time, that's why, this is 16 days later, they thought that she was out camping or something. 
camping. I know. Like, how ridiculous. Why would you go camping by yourself? And, I mean, not to mention, like, Margarita knew something was wrong, but her roommate wasn't there for, like, the weekend, so she was like, what? Um, so then they go through with dogs in the dorms, and the dogs alert to only one room in the entire school. They alert to Paul Flores' room. Wow. Yeah. Not surprised. So they go in, and the dogs, first, like, they go over, it's it's a shared room, and they go over to, like, one side, they sniff the bed, they kind of are, like, they smell something, but they, then they turn to the other bed, which is Paul Flores', and they, like, they sit down, they're, like, alerting to it. Oh, precious little beans. Which, the dogs only alert to human decomposition. Oh, not um, to, like, just her being there? No, no. So they're cadaver dogs? Yes. They're oh, like, I thought they were, like... They're, well, they're, um, they were searching, at that point they were searching, I don't know why, um, they went from she's going camping to she's dead so fast, but that was... Dang. Yeah. How long did he have a dead body on his bed for the dogs to alert to it? So they alerted to that, and then they also alerted to a trash can that was in his room, and they, so then, like, they brought in several dogs, like, several cadaver dogs at a time, and, um, one was, like, I guess they brought in one at a time, and then they didn't have them interact with each other, that way, like, the dogs couldn't tell each other? Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, they didn't have them, like, um... So doggies are like, woof, woof, woof. Their dead bodies are right here. Woof, woof, woof. Right there. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, I'm sure dogs they lined up to each other somehow. They lined up, like, a million trash cans from a bunch of different dorms, and the dogs alerted to Paul's trash can. Okay. So, there for sure is something going on here. So... That was 16 days after her disappearance, so 18 days after her disappearance, so two days after this search, um, they the police do a dig in the Cal Poly trash, so they were looking, because of his trash can, which is just like a wastebasket. Yeah, like a normal little yeah. trash can, not like a garbage bin. They were like, okay, let's check the trash, and all the um, trash that gets collected um, from Cal Poly is, like, they have, like, one lump of trash, I guess. Like a dumpster? Um, it's not a dumpster. It's, like, at a landfill. Oh, Like, okay. they already I have taken it. it over. Okay. Got it, got so, it. they start digging, and by, the, they find nothing, and by the time they get to, like, the newspaper for, like, days before she even went missing, they're like, okay, we're done. There's nothing here. Yeah. So... Okay, so then, um, this is 1996, so I'm gonna jump around a little bit, because things are weirdly pieced together. So, I guess first they do a search of the home of Ruben Flores on July 15th, 1996, and this is the first search, and this is in, um, their house in Arroyo Grande, and Ruben, um, 
is Paul Paul's father and then he, his mother Susan he has another he has a sister and like a brother-in-law um but Reuben and Paul are like the only ones that live in this house but police don't know that they think that Susan also lives there but she has her own rental property because she just like months before had like legally separated from Reuben so the police only have a ru a warrant for Ruben's house. No. And they do like a search. They find newspaper clippings from about like Kristen's disappearance underneath Ruben's bed, like mattress. Bed? Yes, underneath his mattress. Ooh, underneath that's creepy. Underneath Paul's mattress. Um, in the kitchen they find. Um, why, why are they underneath people's mattresses? Yeah, like that's Just super put it in your suspicious. Journal or something. Be like. I was with this girl, like, the night she died. Except, like, it stuck with me and traumatized me. Except the only thing is, is that his name has not been released to the public yet. So, these articles don't mention Paul at all. No, no, so I it's mean, not like, I just mean, like, like yeah. oh, he was with her, so he kept, like, an article because, like, like he was with someone. Right? Well, they, they just think it's really weird. Like, it's, it's not... It's weird that it's under their beds. Like, both of their beds. I'm getting... What's the, was it Josh Powell or whatever, the one who, like, his, his dad is also creepy? Yeah. That's what I'm getting. So, they, and this warrant covers, um, I, I guess there's debates of what it covered, but they just did, like, a visual search of the house in the backyard, and then they leave. And once they leave, the warrant expires, and they have to get a whole new warrant if they want to search it again. Um... But they never dug, this is like a really big controversial thing, they never dug anywhere in the backyard. They never did any, like, searching. And but there weren't, they couldn't, they had to do it. Well, they, they, the warrant covered, like, they could have, uh, like, they, they took the newspaper clippings, they, they, pe the person that wrote the warrant said that it covered, like, they could have dug, but they decided not to. And, um, I mean, where would they dig? They, do, they, is it, do they have suspicion of where to dig in the backyard? Uh, I don't think yet, but um, they apparently, there's so there's like concrete, and um, the police apparently took a vote like that day, and they were like, they decided that they didn't want to, if they didn't find anything, they didn't want to pay to have it, like, repaired yeah. if there's nothing there. Yeah. And so they didn't search the backyard, which was... But they didn't have suspicion to. They, well, they did, they... Well, they didn't have enough, obviously, if they didn't I, do it. Yeah, the, it's just like, I don't know, it, a lot of people looking back looking back like i mean if you look back at anything like you should have done this you yeah have done that. well you weren't there so you didn't decide that so yeah so um then the next search um this one might be jumping further i don't there's like no date connected to it um but then this they finally they find out that like Susan Flores lives in a different house, but they're still in the same city in Arroyo Grande, and so they search her house, and um, nothing really comes of it, and they're not, they didn't dig in the backyard, they didn't do anything like that, um, 
they just looked, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Um, so then, in 1997, this is, like, a year later, Paul tries to enlist in the Navy, and Kristen's parents are like, we can't let Paul get away, and or, like, try to flee, or, you know, so they sue him for 40 million dollars for a wrongful like wrongful death suit and they hold a deposition and it's like um what happened to oj yeah so they hold a deposition in november of 1997 and that was sort of the inspiration was oj simpson um because they ended up like they won for oj yeah he didn't like i mean he didn't get charged like he he got sued anyways that was me. Oh, it's, it's time to be real, Lauren. Should you take it? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna pause and the ah. Okay, I don't actually want my face to be in any be reels today. Okay, so we just we just had to do our be real really quick. Um, anyway, so they had a deposition November 1997, and this oh my goodness. Paul Flores, like, they have a video of this, and it's so infuriating, because every single question that they ask, um, and, like, police, by, at this point, like, they had not questioned him, they couldn't question him, question Paul any further, because, like, he had a lawyer, they didn't have, like, enough, like, evidence. Even though they, the dogs found, like, dead body smells. Yeah. But, and which, oh, I guess I'll talk about it later, like, their defense, because um, this ends up, like, being brought up. But um, they say that it's, like, the smell of, like, a steak sandwich, which, like, dogs are not... Okay, how do you eat a steak sandwich in your dorm room? Apparently had, like, well, I guess they had moved out by then, because it was the end of the semester, but apparently he had, like, a... A little mini fridge. Yeah. Okay. So he cooked a steak sandwich in his mini fridge. Well, he. he I guess it was like leftovers. It was like leftovers. Okay. So I don't know. It's a spish. So this deposition is so frustrating. They keep asking him like, "What is your father's name?" And he's like saying, "Under the advice of my attorney, I will not answer that question." Yeah, under the Fifth you, Amendment of the. What your father's name? Is? Yeah. And then they ask his mother's know. name. They, he says the same exact thing. His lawyer just provided him with, like, a printed out piece of paper, like, a script of what to say after each and every question. And it was, like, the random questions. Like, where did, like, where did you go to high school? Um, did you go to so Cal he Poly? he didn't answer any of the questions. He did not answer a single question. And, and, like, the, like, this guy is, like, getting so mad. And he's, like, okay, I... Maybe let's just skip all this, and I'll just provide you with a list of what questions I was going to ask, and then we can just assume that you're going to say that. Like, say that you plead the fifth to everything. But then his lawyer's like, no, just ask the questions, save the speech for later, and he's being all sassy. Like, how rude. Um, anyway. So, with this deposition, um, they end up also talking to this family that the Lassiters 
Oh my goodness, that makes me think of Psych with Lassie, Lassiter. So, um, I'm going to jump back a little bit. So, October of 1996, Susan Flores decides to rent out the home that she was living in, her little rental property. And so, it's this um, couple, the the Lassiter family, they have like like a little daughter... And they move in. They think it's a great house. Then they start getting hate mail. And it's like, turn yourself in or tell your son. Yeah. And they're like, what in the world did we, like, what's going on here? And then um, they... This is, like, the creepiest part of the case. And this is... Oh, you know, I would... If I was in that house, I'd be searching that house for clues. Yeah. So, um, there was a little... Like, when they first moved in, they were told not to touch. There's There was, like, this little um, trash bin that they were told never to touch. And then, like, within, like, a few days or a few weeks or something, then Ruben Flores ends up coming and picking it up and taking it away. And so they never looked inside of it, so... Oh, I would have. I don't minute know. you told me not to touch it, I'm like, okay, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. And then they also, um, so there was this, like, uh, against the back fence, they had this planter that was put in, and, um, they were trying to plant some flowers or something, and they started digging, and with six inches of dirt underneath that was concrete. And... They were like, this is not enough. Like, nothing was growing. Yeah, because there's not enough inches for the roots to grow. Yeah, but it, it was, like, high enough off the ground that they were like, why is there so much concrete? Like, this is so weird. Yeah. And so they were confused. And this planter, um, they mentioned it's, like, six feet long by, like, three feet wide. Kind oh, my of. gosh. Like a, like a grave. Yeah. Like a, like a human body. So then this... Okay, this is, like, the scariest part, which my mom told me about, and this made me, like, research, like, listen to the podcast and research the case. So, um, Mary Lassiter, she, um, every morning, I guess it was technically morning, um, she would hear, like, a beep, 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 beep type of thing, and it would, like, be coming from, like, right outside her window, but, like, in the backyard, like, it was under her window, in the dirt, or, like, in the concrete, somewhere. She would just hear, like, this random beep. It sounded like a watch alarm. And it would go off at 4.20 Dang. in the morning. What, when, when was this? What year was this? This is 19... This is October of 1996. So, then, they... Watches like Those little watches, like, the little... Those things last forever. Yeah. So... Mary's, like, really creeped out, and she's, like, what in the world? Um, and Chris Lambert from the, um, your, like, own backyard podcast, um, that he talks about, um, how Denise Smart, Kristen's mother, like, Kristen was, like, a lifeguard at Cal Poly, Uh and, she, because she was, a, like, the newbie, she had, like, the worst shifts possible. Like, five, six a.m. shifts. Yeah. And, um, so she had to wake up at, like, 4.30 every morning. And the fact that that alarm was going off at 4.20 every morning 
it just is kind of eerie. And Mary was, like, thinking that it was, like, a, you know, marijuana reference, like, something like that, but oh. it's so, it's very eerie that it matches up with what Kristen probably was, like, she probably was waking up at 4.20, 4.30 every morning. Yeah. Um, but eventually, um, it, like, Stopped. It the battery died or yeah. something, and they stopped being able to hear it. Um, the other thing is one day Mary was washing her car, and on the driveway she found, and this I think was soon after they moved in. She found a earring on the ground, and she's like, "What in the world?" So she picks it up, and she puts it in a baggie, and she sees on the back there's like a red smudge, like it looks like blood, no. like a fingerprint or something, and she's like, "This is so weird." And so then... I'm disturbed because this man's parents helped him and I'm disturbed. So, like, the, um... I would 100% be like, my child did this. Get him. I know. So, um, Mary, like, keeps it for safekeeping, but she doesn't, like, she, at this point, didn't really know, because they just moved in, They she didn't know the connection, like, with Kristen Smart quite yet. So, but she just figured... That it was, there was something, like, that she needed to save it. Yeah. So the police end up go going to their house, like, um, a little while later and talk to her husband. Her, like, Mary was out and police are like, we need to talk to you about this case, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, actually my wife found an earring. Like, he here you go. You can, like, he's like, I need to take it. So... The police take, so the police take the earring, and when the deposition happens in November of 1997, the Lassiters are talking, like, they, um, are also, um, Is this after like, they subpoenaed. decided that not to look at the concrete? Yes. So, like, they found the earring after they decided not to look at the concrete. Um, well, that's a different well, house, yeah, right? okay. yeah, and I don't know when they searched Susan's house, um, but this, so yeah, so this was, they found the earring at Susan's house, they had searched Ruben's, just like, more visual, they didn't do anything yeah. else, um, so at the deposition, that like, the Lassiters were subpoenaed, they had to talk, like, give all their information, tell them, like, answer all these questions, they're about to get evicted, um, yeah, so they told the police and they, and then, or I guess they told, like, what, is it, like, the lawyer that is, like, deposing them, yeah. asking all the questions? Um, they t tell them about the earring and then they tell the smarts about the earring and apparently the smarts never heard about this. And the police apparently never booked it into evidence. They like lost it or they thought that it didn't no. match anything even though they never showed the smarts to confirm if it was Kristen's or not so that just like earring disappeared but Mary ended up finding at the mall like a look-alike earring um it like it's slightly different but she's like this is what it looked like and Mary's like oh my goodness on the billboard Kristen is wearing a necklace. Like, there's a billboard uh -huh. in um, Arroyo Grande. And Kristen is wearing a necklace that matches earrings. And so she's like, this is, has to be hers. 
So, um, then after the deposition, because the Lassiters, like, spoke and they sort of were exposing what was going on, even though they didn't have, like, a ton, like, real information, then Susan and Reuben evicted them. Mm-hmm. And they had 30 days, okay? Right. But... Mary was not about to let them get away with anything, so Mary's like, well, I have 30 days of living here. I mean, she didn't tell Susan and Reuben yeah. this, obviously, but she told the police, she's like, I have 30 days before I'm evicted. You guys can search whatever you want and do whatever, like, you can bring cadaver dogs, you can do x-ray, like, like the ground penetration, yes. and so that's what they did. They brought all their stuff, and they're searching everywhere. And, um, it's like, just until they, before they were able to, like, while they were able to. Yes. Um, and, and they end up, like, I don't think they reveal this at first, um, but they, like, they sense that something was buried at a time there like it seems like the like the soil stained something was there before but it isn't now like there's no body oh so there's no body in the no well how did it what was the beeping was the watch left they they didn't like well they didn't dig anything they didn't destroy any property um they because Mary was like, I, I want to do everything that's legal. So they did, like, more x-ray yeah. or, like, digging in dirt or anything. But they didn't, like, go through any concrete. So, but with the x-ray stuff, they didn't find any body or anything. Um, they just found, like, stained soil. And so then... In 2002, Kristen is declared legally dead, so this is now a murder investigation. And, um, and then, well, actually, in 2000, this is before, but whatever, there were two searches, um, and it was on the same day. It was for the Susan Flores' home, and, um, well, I guess they searched it two days. Two times, same day. Okay, never mind. The first warrant authorized a dig. The second warrant was, um, was for the house. And, um... So they did dig. Yes, so eventually they dig up the yard, um... But it was not while the Lassiters were living there. So, they used, like, police dogs, and this is where everything gets very, um, I don't know, in the court proceedings, they, it gets very iffy because they're like, well, the staining of the soil, it used to be an avocado orchard, um, so it can stain from that. Also, um, the blood, like, it could be from a, a relative, um, like, like, what's it called? Like, source? Like, it could have been from a ferret. They kept saying, suggesting. Oh, I was like, um, you can't bury your relatives in your backyard. No, it suggests, they suggested that it was, like, 
of like ferret blood but then they also were like what it what if someone got hurt like while they're building the house that's why this happened so it's kind of weird but here's another strange thing is so like susan flores's backyard is like all concrete and then on the driveway she built um a garage and that blocks like the backyard access and it's also like on top of her backyard so it's like this giant garage they don't store cars in it it's just stuff so it's sort of it's just strange that they built that and um i'm just remembering so now because i said that her backyard is all concrete um when paul was brought into question for questioning um like way back like within you know the first few days of investigation um paul was like oh okay i'm i'm gonna leave now like i'm done answering questions um i have to go I have to go do something. And then the police are like, um, what are you going to go do? He's like, oh, I have to, like, go take care of some, something, like, and they're like, where? And he's like, oh, I have to take care of some concrete at my mom's house. So, it's just really weird. So then, um, we're going to skip down over to, um, 2016, the police, um, finally, like, they kept most of this stuff tight-lipped, like, anything that they find in searches or yeah, cause things like... Yeah, because they don't like, want people to, like, mess yeah. with it. So, in 2016, they apparently had probable cause to go dig up... There's, like, a pee on the side of the, like, a hill for Cal Poly. Um, so, in some, like, they got, like, information that she might be buried there, so they dug up that. The pee? Um, they, they didn't find anything. Yeah. In 2019, the podcast came out, um, You're on Backyard. So, they had, like, I guess, a lot more tips coming in, and they had probable cause to search Paul's cell, like, to, I guess, monitor Paul's cell phone, and they actually, like, do, like, a wiretap on his call, like, with his mom, and his mom is like, you need to listen to this podcast, we need to punch holes in it, and then she's like, Except you're the only one that can tell us where we can punch holes in it. Or something like that. Oh. Yeah, very suspicious. So, um, then in early 2020, like February, warrants were served to Ruben Flores' home, Susan's home, which um, is where the Lassiters had lived yeah. for a short time. And she also like lived with her boyfriend and grandmother. And then for... Um, for Paul's and for or Melinda's, which is his sister. And they do all these warrants at the same time, so they can't tell anyone, you yeah. know. That's what they do. And they're searching, they're not telling people what they're finding, but apparently they found something because they then in April of twenty twenty one they arrest Paul and Ruben Flores for the murder of Kristen Smart. And then the court proceedings happen, and it actually just finished up, like, earlier this year. Um, Ruben was not found guilty, but Paul was found guilty of Kristen's murder. Um, and something... See, that's when it goes to show you um, Taylor Swift's song, No Body, No Crime, is false. Because yeah. you can get charged for... 
and that's like body. it's so sad because on the california what is it called the california register it's like a news they have a Kristen return clock and it's still like every second they keep adding a second she has been gone as of right now she's has not been returned home and she's been missing for 26 years five months three weeks eight hours five minutes and 30 seconds or 35 minutes and 30 I guess 35 seconds and um Paul and Ruben Susan they none of them have ever said anything else um they don't say anything but um, because of this podcast, we've had a lot more people um, come forward and they talked about how scary Paul was when he was, well, I guess still to this day. And like when he was younger, even like in middle school, like he beat up a kid like so bad that he had to be hospitalized. And then um, in in high school, they nicknamed Paul like Scary Paul or Creepy Paul and then in college, they nicknamed him Chester the Molester. Ew! Yeah, because he would, like, sort of take advantage of girls. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of people, a lot of women came forward, um, even, like, after the, disappear- after the disappearance, like, he kept on with his ways. And during court proceedings, they showed, um, like, sc- screenshots of videos um, and he filmed um the rapes of several women Ew. yes and he would he would like meet people at bars and like Ew, he's disgusting mm-hmm. and it was all this evidence like well i guess not evidence necessarily for Kristen smart's but, murder like, evidence for him being a big disgust yes Marco, go to jail forever oh. yes so, with all these people coming forward and, like, saying, yeah, he gave me this weird drink in a Tupperware container, or, like, he offered me this, or when, like, sometimes people, like, these girls would be like, yeah, after, like, I walked out of a bar and then he offered me a ride home, but instead of taking me home, he took me to his place. So. So scary. I know. So, with all that, um, they found him guilty of murder. And, yeah. And that's it? Um, as of right now, yeah, there's no real answers. They never found Kristen's body. I mean, he's already in jail. Might as well tell people where she's at. I know. Um, but Ruben, Ruben is like 80-something, okay? He was not, I, okay, here's what I think happened. Um, I think that... Ruben's 80 now, or he was 80 back then? He's 80 now. He's around 80. I was like, a million years old. No, I think that um, what happened was Kristen, you know, went to this party, this birthday party for Swampy. She, like, Paul is fixated on her. And I think that he probably was waiting for when she saw all those people walking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when the opportunity presented itself, when Cheryl finally walked off, then he took her back to his room. I don't think she ever made it back to her own house. Yeah, no way. And I think that he got the black eye, and um, he ended up having scratches on his hand when he was arrested for that um, driving with a suspended license. I think that um, 
he got those injuries after attempting to rape her and then it just like things got out of hand i don't think it was like really like he he went to like murder her i like... think it was more of a sexually motivated and then it ended in murder mm-hmm. and i think that he needed help disposing body and so he calls his dad i think his dad helped him and because of the evidence of like staining in the soil and like blood and that dogs are alerting to both of Ruben's and Susan's backyards. I think that they moved the body back and forth and I don't know where it is now. But I think that both his parents knew what happened. Yeah. And obviously I didn't go into everything. There's more information on that um on your own backyard podcast. There's like a shoe that some like a lady found it while she was on a hike way back when um that matched like Kristen's shoe. There was like they talk about the trucks, which I just didn't get into because we're now at like an hour, but it's crazy. That's so crazy. I highly recommend listening to that um, if you want more information because I don't think my brain can process it. I'd lis- I listened to like most of the episodes twice and I still was like, oh my goodness, this is so much. And I, I read so many articles, but yeah, that's it. That's crazy. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Crimes Through the Times. And look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts.